0: I love when we gather together and partake of communion, the Lord's Supper. We come to the holy table, some call this the Eucharist, in the Greek that means giving thanks. Today we do that, do we not? When we gather together and we remember what the Lord has done for us. You know, this is a special thing for me in my life and in my pursuit of Jesus Christ. You see, I was blessed to grow up in, in a home where mom and dad loved Jesus. And, and, and I have a brother that's five years older than me. And as long as we can both remember, man, this thing of being exposed to, to who Jesus is, this being a part of this, this body called the church, man, it's just all I've known. I, I know that that's not everybody's story, but for me, I had a mom and dad that were strong believers in Jesus and they pointed me and my brother towards Jesus. They took us to church. They took us to gatherings. Hey man, we were there at least four times a week, every week, amen? They just made sure that we were exposed to who he was. I knew the songs. I participated in programs. I went on trips. I even got the shirt. But that did not make me a Christian, did it? It made me someone that knew the songs. I could quote a few Bible verses. I could even, you know, find some of the books of the Bible. Those those smaller prophets towards the Old Testament. Does anybody else still just stumble sometimes? Hey, there's no shame in having to look in the front to find the page number. Amen? That doesn't matter to God. He just wants you to find that page to get in it. Amen? But... All of those things that I knew did not give me a relationship. I had knowledge. I knew some stuff, but I had no relationship. And here was the breakthrough for me. It was coming to a time of communion at our church. We called it the Lord's Supper. The church I grew up at, we had a table down front, nice, probably piece of oak, right? engraved on the front of that table were the words this do in remembrance of me. Come on, somebody who knows what I'm talking about in this house, right? And in the church that I grew up in, we would pass those flying saucers filled with little wafers of bread, cups filled with juice. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And it was in that moment that my relationship with the Lord shifted because like most little kids, when the flying saucers came by, I immediately put my hand out to which my mom slapped it. Now it was not uncommon for me to get slapped or even butt whooped when I went to church. It happened a lot when I was growing up. Amen. But mom, my mom, I never forget my mom saying, Hey, listen, you can't partake of that. I'm like, why not? And she began to explain to me the significance of this supper, of this meal, of this table, what it represented. And it was in that moment of my confusion and my wanting to participate that God actually used that moment in my life for me to begin to dive a little bit deeper and to begin to understand something. Yes, that I was a sinner. Hey, believe me, everybody in that auditorium knew that about Jason Brown. But I began to understand that there's more than just attending church There's more than just singing the songs. There's more to just even knowing some things about Jesus. I needed to have a relationship with Jesus. And so I'm just gonna tell you, every time I partake of communion, I go back to that moment in my life. And I remember how God used that moment to draw me in closer and into a relationship with him. And I'm just believing that that could happen for someone here today. Someone may be watching us online right this very moment, that through this experience, and let's just be real, for some of us, we've done this a lot. And let's just be honest, in, in our doing this, this can just become a routine in our lives, can it not? It can become rote. It could just become something that if we're not careful, it can lose its significance and meaning. When I think about communion and when I think about the Lord's Supper, I look back and I think that that's an important part of us gathering today, that as we gather today to take communion, we look back. We remember, we, we, we remember, I remember me, this God using this to spark my pursuit of him and, and saying yes to him at the age of nine as Lord and savior of my life. Amen. I look back and I remember that, but I think as we pause today and and celebrate this table that it's good for us to look back and remember, well, what it means and it means the cross. That's what I think of, and I know for a lot of us, we have so many differing thoughts and ideas about the cross for, for some of us, it's just a piece of jewelry. For some of us, it's, it's something that ordains a wall, a prominent wall in our home. And for some of us, it's, it's too horrible. We don't like to think about it because we've seen the passion of the Christ. And we understand the, 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 the bludgeoning that took place there at Golgotha. I don't know what comes to your mind, but I think it's important for us as we look at this table today to think that It represents the cross. See, when I look at these elements on the table today, I'm reminded about the the enormous sin in my life and the incredible grace of God that he looked past my junk and my funk and my sin and my shame and God made a way for me to be forgiven. When, 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 when I think about this table and, and I think about the cross, I, I, I'm reminded that, that, that death is not the end of the story and, and that there's more to life than, than us just kind of surviving and making it through, but that there's a plan in the here and now and there's a future for eternity. The cross is a big deal. We, 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 we know that, that this table is, is, by the way, this is not something that, that we've created. This is not something that, that we have the corner market on. This table is not our table. This is the Lord's table. And Jesus instituted this meal. Jesus created this moment. We know his final night on earth with those 12 disciples, all 12. Yes, one that would deny him and one that would betray him. All 12 were invited to that supper. And we know that Jesus began to explain to them what would unfold in the hours preceding that upper room. And and I think it's important for us to remember those things. In fact, those are some of the words that Jesus used that night. And Paul would reinforce to us even today, those words, do this in remembrance of me. You see that wood table at the front of my worship center growing up as a kid, this do it. Are exactly what Jesus would want us to think about today he would want us to remember you know when you remember something you you look back on an experience and and and, and, and it takes you somewhere it reminds you of something that did take place we we oftentimes uh, we know that in in the Old Testament that that we read about things called Ebenezers, and 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 these were stones that would be stacked in altars or memorials made whenever the people saw God show up and do something special in their lives A breakthrough like many of you have prayed for today a revelation from the Lord they would they would erect these altars but it would be a place for them to remember to look back and remember the goodness of God Hmm. you know and I think about the cross I think about how my sins are forgiven because of the shed blood of Jesus you see, Jesus was doing something with his disciples that night that they were quite familiar with. It was near the time of, of Passover, and that was, that was the celebration that they were quite familiar with as Jewish men. You see, the Passover was symbolic in the Old Testament of, of, of the people sacrificing an animal and that animal shedding its blood so that their, their covenant with God could remain intact. It was symbolic of them being forgiven of their, their sins. Every Jewish individual understood that at, 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 at that first Passover, that, that that blood of the animal was, was actually, it was brandished on the doorpost of their home. And, and during that, that first Passover, that the angel of death, remember, passed over every home where this blood was ordained on the threshold there. And that firstborn in that home was not taken. But for those homes without the blood, they lost children that night we 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 we, we know that, that 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 Jesus actually became the one who would shed blood so that we could be saved and delivered from what we deserve and that's death we know that during the first Passover that 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 oftentimes those individuals would have to go and, and purchase an animal Many of them couldn't even afford it, but they, they would make do. They would sacrifice tremendously to purchase an animal that the priest would sacrifice on their behalf so that that, that that blood could be shed. But Jesus was reminding his men that night as they gathered in that upper room and he would want us to remember today that he became that ultimate sacrifice for us. And it was free. It didn't cost us anything, but yet it cost him everything. See, this idea of Passover, if if there's anything that Jesus said to me that was kind of one of the most poignant statements he ever made in history, it's these words in Luke chapter 22, verse 15, when Jesus says, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. Now, just look at that and think about this with me for a moment. Here's a man on death row. This is like someone that's about to lose their life in the electric chair saying, listen, man, I've been looking forward to eating this meal with you. Who does that? Or hey, before I take that lethal injection, I have been so looking forward to this meal, this time with you that I've been eager. Who says that in those final moments of their life? Well, Jesus did because he understood that in just a few hours, the fulfillment of Passover would take place as he became that once and for all ultimate sacrifice that would pay for the sins of me and for you and for everyone before us and everyone after us. You see, Jesus knew what the cross meant. He knew what it meant for him, but he was eager because he knew what it would mean for you and I. That we could be forgiven, and that we could be brought into a relationship with God. That's great news, isn't it? That is great news. We look back, and it's good to remember. But I also think that it's good for us to look ahead, not just to keep looking back, but it's good for us to look ahead. Paul would write these words in first Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26, he says, every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death. And look at those next few words until he comes again. Hey friend, can I tell you something? Jesus is coming back. He will come back. He will return. And as we gather together today and partake of this meal, it's a reminder of us that he will return. He had told his disciples, he had told his followers that no man knows the hour, the day or the time in which the son of man will return. He told them in John chapter 14, hey, listen, if I leave you and go to prepare a place for you, you can be guaranteed that I will come back and get you so that where I am, you may also be. He's going to return. When's it going to happen? I don't know. But in second Peter, I just think that he's waiting on you and I to give somebody else an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to his salvation story. But he will return one day. He, re- he came to earth as a suffering servant, but he will return one day as a victorious conqueror. That's the promise. And we look forward. We look ahead to that day. We look for. I, I'm ready for it right now. Wouldn't it just be great if you had to cancel lunch plans today? Uh, because we're eating at a banquet table in glory. Woo! Smorgasbord. And y'all tell this preacher likes a buffet. We look ahead to that day. So not only do we remember the sacrifice, but Paul would say, hey, but look ahead because every time you take this, it's a reminder that Jesus will come back. But there's another inspection that needs to happen today. We need to look within. We need to look within ourselves. We we, we need to look and inspect our lives and see if there is anything in us that is hindering a full work of God in our lives. We call that sin. Sin is simply anything that we participate in, things that we do that go against God's perfect plan and will for our lives. Some of you came forward today and you've declared maybe some of those things. Listen, the scripture's clear and we've been talking about over the last few weeks about this need for us to identify and to repent of our sins. That word repent means to stop, turn, actually go, the opposite direction you run from that you see we need to look within because paul would remind us also in that same chapter 1 corinthians chapter 11 verse 28 he would say hey listen you need to examine yourself before eating this bread and drinking the cup in chapters 10 and 11 of this book paul is actually talking to the believers in the church because there had division had rose up within the body There was disunity. And he called out the rich people in the church because they were not taking care and they were looking upon unfavorably. They were looking upon people that were poor. They were not seeing them and viewing them as God views people. Come on, you know that God sees people differently than oftentimes you and I do. That person that's hard for you to love, check this out, that's the object of love of God. It's the very person he came for. This church, these words Paul is speaking to, that, that, that they weren't treating each other with love. There were problems that had arisen between people, family members, and the bride, the body of Christ. And so Paul said, hey, listen, listen, before we eat this bread and drink this juice, hey, can we just look within ourselves and make sure there is nothing that would bring, well... An unfavorable response of ours to the father. The King James Version speaks in the next verse that, hey, listen, if you come to this table in an unfavorable manner, you are actually bringing damnation upon yourself. Paul would say it this way, if you eat or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. I come to this table today. Listen, I don't come perfect because God knows that we're all going to fall short of that. But I come knowing that I've looked within myself to see if there's anything that I know there. There is something that would disqualify me from coming in an honorable way as I celebrate and remember. And I thank Jesus for what he's done for me. And so here's what we're going to do. We're we're, we're going to pause, and Ezra's just going to continue to play, and. And, and we want to give you an opportunity to do a couple of things over these next few moments. We want to give you an opportunity for those of you that would like to come and participate with us to come to the tables today and actually pick up. It's, it's a cup and a wafer. It's all in one. So, so you can come and participate. Listen, this meal, this supper is, is for anyone who belongs to Jesus Christ. You've declared that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life. You are invited to this table today. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to. What? It's just if you belong to Christ, we're family. Amen. And I like to eat with family. We're also going to invite those of you that would like to come and just spend some time in prayer at the altar today. As you look within yourself to see if there's anything that we need to make right with the Father today. And so Ezra's going to continue to play You come to the appropriate table in front of your section. If you like to participate, grab your elements, spend time in prayer, asking God to identify anything that's not of him. And then we will celebrate the supper in just a few moments. We're told that Jesus gathered those 12 men of his in a room that they had gone ahead to prepare. They shared a very common meal together that night, but there were just a few things that were off. One of which there was no house servant to welcome them as they made their entrance there. A house servant was was common in those days as as people came into the home, there would be a a washing of feet that would take place after walking those dry, dusty roads. House servant would wash the feet of the guests as they made their entrance. No house servant there that night. We know that one of the accounts of the gospels share with us that during that mealtime that Jesus actually got up from the table himself. He Wrapped a towel around his waist and and he knelt in front of each one of those men and Well, he began to serve them. Washing their feet. We know that Peter had a problem with that. Peter had a problem with a lot of things, didn't he? He would have a problem in the garden a few hours later, would he not? Lopping off an ear of a soldier. Jesus was modeling for them what he expected their position in life to be, that they would be a servant. He was actually modeling for them what would take place on the cross. It says that after, after they shared their meal together, Jesus took a piece of bread and he broke it. You can go and peel the upper layer of, off and take that piece of bread out and just hold that there. I think it's important for us to note that Jesus broke the bread. He didn't just pass it to them, but, but he broke it think in that moment, Jesus was saying, listen, there is no one that's taking my life, but I am giving it of my own free will. Come on, aren't you beginning to see the love of Jesus? Jesus said, this is my body that is broken for you. He said, as often as you eat this bread, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus then took a cup of wine And they had already been enjoying wine throughout their meal. But Jesus took another cup. And he began to share with them the significance of this cup. Just as they were familiar with a lamb that would be sacrificed and whose blood that would be spilt on behalf of their sins. Jesus began to share with them that there would be another shedding of blood. It would be his. In fact, he said, I won't drink this cup with you again until I return for you one day. (laughs) But what Jesus was trying to get those men in that room, all 12, yes, even the betrayer. Yes, even the one who would deny him. was That he loved them. And his blood was for everyone. Jesus shared with his men that night and he would want us to know this as well today that as often as we drink this cup symbolic of the shed blood of Jesus. Do it in remembrance of him. Paul would go on to say in that first Corinthians 11 passage that for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again.